0: Hello, creators. You are backstage with Patreon, where we open the curtain on how to build a thriving business on Patreon. I'm Brian Keller from the Creator Success Team, and today's guest is Hunter Thomas, co-founder of Foundation Disc Golf. They're a physical and online retailer of gear and apparel for the sport of disc golf that through their podcasts and YouTube channel have become leading creators about sport in the industry. Their membership business lives at the intersection of passionate fans in a fast-growing sport and blending retail sales and content creation. So let's get started with Hunter Thomas on Backstage with Patreon. And I'm sure not everyone is a disc golf player or enthusiast who's kind of listening, but I think there's something universal about how you guys have really grown with the sport. You've become kind of experts there. So I'd love to hear about how you've carved that out and kind of like what it means to you to be ambassadors and and really leading the charge in this like popular growing sport.
1: Yeah, so disc golf in general is a very fast growing sport. We actually grew a ton during COVID, you know, when people are being encouraged to just get outside, be active. And so during that time is kind of when we as a company grew quite a bit on the content creation side. We never intended to be a media business by any means. We actually we started as an online retailer and we were looking at the scope of the online retail market within Disc Golf and just saw an opportunity within the social media world to just use it to drive traffic to our site. And slowly our YouTube channel started growing, Instagram started growing. We started with Patreon probably six months in to to starting our YouTube channel. Once we had a decent following, we were like, hey, there might actually be something here. And now fast forward, I think it's been three years or so since we uploaded our first video, maybe even four at this point, and we have a full dedicated media team. And I would almost say we operate as two separate companies that kind of work together with one being our media and content creation team and then the other actually being our retail store and online store.
0: Now, how did you guys make that decision? I imagine the way a lot of retailers or companies think about marketing and what they should do. It's not to just talk about the industry and build their own personalities around it. It could be, hey, we should just promote our store and and promote things more directly.
1: Yeah, we didn't want it to just kind of be like a salesy type thing. Me and uh, one of the other co-founders, we were big Gary Vee fans. And, you know, obviously one of the things, at least back a few years ago, he was always talking about was, hitting people with a bunch of jabs, and then the right hook, which the right hook was, you know, the sales pitch. And so we were thinking of like, what does that look like in the disc golf world? What does that look like in our industry? And we talked through a bunch of different ideas. And we were like, you know what, like, let's just create content on YouTube, which is where we really started with content creation that we would enjoy seeing as disc golfers. And we just were like, we enjoy going out, having fun and just doing silly challenges. So that's kind of where it started. Um, We did some tutorial content. And then there wasn't a lot of voices actually talking about the professional disc golf scene, which a lot of people, when they first hear professional disc golf, they kind of think it's funny. Like, oh, people throw frizzies for a living. It's like, yeah. And it was a a growing scene at the time. And so we saw opportunity there too, because we were passionate followers of the pro tour, which at the time was called the national tour. We were passionate followers of it. And we were like, there's not a lot of voices out there talking about it. We're slowly building an audience. This is just another thing to provide to our audience. And then in doing so, just kind of let people know, We also have an online store if you're getting into disc golf, want to check it out. So we wanted to, as our content strategy kind of developed, um, we eventually just wanted it to be a way that we could get new people into the sport through our YouTube content, which was just more entertaining stuff. And then keep the sport exciting for people who are in the sport and maybe getting a little burned out by showing them different ways to play, showing them different things to do. And then for people who are in it every day, paying attention to the pro scene, give them something that they could listen to every week to get those news and updates. And just kind of went from there.
0: Yeah. That was one thing I noticed listening to a couple of your podcast episodes. I don't play disc golf myself, but I'm a big hockey fan. And the way you talk about contracts and the tournaments and the um, news and notes kind of around that, it, it really feels like it has that same element of of all those things that go into big name sports. Like, But I think that might be surprising for some people to hear about, like, it's got that level of depth kind of to it. Is that the right way to think about it?
1: Definitely. So it's a unique sport in the aspect of like, if you look at it directly, the, the closest comparison sports would be other individual sports. So looking at like your tennis, your golf and, and other sports like that, where, but in disc golf, because we're so small that a player becomes almost synonymous with the company that they're throwing the name on the discs. And there is such a difference between each company's products. So you have like Discraft, Innova, Prodigy, a lot of these guys, these are the big manufacturers in the game, and then they have a pro team under them. To where disc golf has a little bit of like a team feel in an individual sport. For instance, a few years ago, there was a player, Paul Macbeth. He's still one of the best players in the world. He was synonymous with the company Innova. And then 2018, he randomly, you know, got a better offer, jumped ship and went to discraft, which was another big player in the game. And this was like huge news. It actually ended up getting outside disc golf coverage, which within a niche sport, that's always a cool moment when you hear about it on SportsCenter or See it in like USA Today or something, um. But that move it like shook the world, and like that was something that was a little bit different for me. Is just like a, we'll call it like a major sports fan of like I I watch golf, I watch basketball, I watch football, and like in golf it, it there is some you know hype around if a player changes a sponsor, which is essentially what's happening. But in disc golf, it's almost more so like when LeBron James went to Miami, where he like left a team, and so it's a little bit of a team aspect, which I think is kind of where you're hearing the hockey side a little bit too which I think is unique to a lot of other individual sports. But yeah, there's a lot more that go on within disc golf than I think a lot of people realize when you just see a basket at your local park or you know, head to your Play It Again Sports or somewhere and just pick up a few discs to go try the sport out. There's a whole nother side to it that's a little bit more serious than I think people expect.
0: All right. well, I, I hope we've exposed people to a little bit of, of this sport and how it connects to just the way different creators are at the forefront of, of a passion, a sport, an activity, those areas that I think is pretty widely accessible. But let's talk about the way you structure membership on Patreon. You've got a, a special name for your community kind of there. Maybe you could talk to that and some of the benefits that you're offered and, and what choices you made around that.
1: Yeah, our Patreon, we've, we went through several different formats to get to where we are now and figure out what exactly made the most sense for us. You touch on like we we do have the like online retail side, and that is a big part of like our day to day operations. And so we wanted a good way to kind of merge that with what we were offering. And so what we've landed on now is basically a three tier system, um, where the lowest tier we call our Patreon the Heiser Club. And so we have Heiser Club members, Heiser Club Elite, and then the Heiser Club Hall of Fame. And over the years, we've messed around with like you know having physical benefits, physical rewards, also like event benefits, and then just typical content. And so what we've kind of eventually landed on is our lowest tier is essentially just content, except for if you're on the annual uh, plan, then you get a physical reward as a thank you for being an annual subscriber to help kind of encourage that move. Um, and we did the same with our next two tiers up, which is the elite in the Hall of Fame Kaiser Club members. They get the annual physical benefit as well as invite only event that we're going to throw at the end of the year kind of fall ranges that's kind of where we end up landing and the next two tiers up the middle and high tier also offer additional benefits on our site and throughout you know content creation and everything we've also built up a discord server that we've allowed to really connect and build our community and then patreon integrates so well with that that now within our discord server we have different unique chats that they can get in and that's also where we'll let people know about like one of the tiers gets early access to different releases on our site and we do all of that through discord cuz that's the easiest way to real time, let them know this is when it's coming. Here's your five minute early access link so you can get in, pick exactly what you want before you know the public comes in and takes all the cool stuff. So that's kind of a broad sense of what we've landed on with Patreon.
0: Got it. Well, and a lot of benefits that I think are pretty common across creators there. One thing you mentioned though, doing a an, an real life live event. I think some creators have tried that, but a lot see it as I'm not at a big enough size to do that. How do I coordinate? I've got people that live all over. How are you making an event like that effective for your audience
1: yeah so that the first time we had that idea was with our previous patreon structure and we had like an invite only disc golf tournament was the idea behind it and then we had like another facet to it which was at the time the highest tier was called a mcbeast tier which is a disc golf term thing so we had that was the highest tier and those people would get you know exclusive access to come tour the warehouse have like a disc golf clinic and then have a round with paul mcbeth Like I mentioned earlier, one of the better players in the world, come and have an experience with him. Unfortunately, a lot of our plans got pushed back because of COVID. And so during that is when we kind of restructured what we were doing with Patreon, tried to figure it out, scrambled a little bit. But a year later, we were able to still have that McBeast tier event happen. And when that happened, we like, you know, it was about 10 to 12 patrons were able to actually make it. So a pretty small group, but there was just... So much fun, so much excitement, and you could tell they got so much value from that event and just being able to come here, feel the community, and yeah, engage with us as the creators, but also engage with each other. That was just such a cool thing for them that we knew we had to bring it back in some way. And so what we ended up doing is lowering the the tier that that is going to be for and trying to make it a little bit of a bigger event so that we can have that community aspect more. Because I think that was one thing that surprised us is we, we could see the value that we were bringing and like okay we're going to have a clinic okay we're going to let people play this new disc golf course in the area that no one else is going to play and like we had a bunch of those type of benefits built in that we were trying to make it be this huge event and then what it seemed like was a lot of what got people excited once they were actually here was just the community aspect of like oh i'm with people who also watch foundation who also love disc golf and so now we're kind of leaning more into that community event and trying to find out ways of like okay not how can we just provide people with like experiences alongside us, but like experiences alongside each other, where once they come, they're all getting put together in in different ways to just have some fun and play disc golf. So that, that's kind of where it grew from. But I think as far as the size goes, we've thrown some physical events where it's just been spur of the moment, like, hey, we're going to be in Dallas. We just put it on our Patreon. Like if there's anyone in the Dallas area, come show up and you know we'll hang out and play around a disc golf. And we had five people show up. Because that was basically all our patrons that were in the Dallas area that were free at three o'clock on a Friday, but they showed up and it was a great time. And it's something that some of those people still message me about of like, hey, if you're ever back in Dallas, we got to do that again. And I think a, a little bit goes a long way with actual events when it comes to Patreon.
0: Now, that's it's really cool how you've made that something that you can do in different places as, as you go to it and how you have really evolved it based on feedback from your members. Well, you also mentioned uh, annual. And at the start of 2023, I saw you guys made a real big push and kind of promotion around getting people to to join based on that. Uh, I'd love to hear how you thought about that as a valuable promotion technique.
1: Yeah. So again, we've went through so many different stages of uh, to get to where we are with Patreon and, and trying to decide what makes the most sense for us. And one of the things that was our most popular benefit was we did this monthly disc off disc. This is probably a year or so ago now. And there was a Uh, one of our middle tiers. Once you got to that tier, you got this monthly disc and you also got a yearly disc. And it was going well, it was going great. But uh, COVID coming in, then all the manufacturers shut down and slowed production. And so us trying to get custom stamped discs to go to our patrons to fulfill that physical benefit, it just couldn't work out because most of the manufacturers shut it down where they weren't taking custom orders anymore. And then the few who were were, you know, some of the not so popular disc molds and stuff to where our patrons weren't exactly happy with what they were able to get. And it was just kind of a logistical headache on our end, um, simply because we couldn't get our hands on the products patrons wanted. So we didn't want to fully get back into that world of a monthly physical benefit that we were actually fulfilling ourselves. But we wanted to still provide that essence to people. And so that's where we came up with, OK, let's encourage people to go annual especially with the lower tier and the $5 a month tier that's pretty much just content throughout the year. So it's throughout the year, it's not really costing us month to month other than just a little bit of extra time to provide a weekly podcast, exclusive content, stuff like that. There's a little bit of extra effort to try to really push that. Let's go ahead and on the annual tier, get them a yearly disc. And so that is something where we're able to kind of find a hybrid model. We're able to guarantee that we're gonna be able to get one that people want because we'll know we did it where if you subscribe annually, anytime during the month of January for this year, then we'll have a, at the end of January, we'll have that list, be able to take that and know we need X amount of physical product, we'll work with the actual patrons, have their input on what they want the stamp to be, what mold they want the, um, to be, because so many discs fly so differently. And we'll take all of that and then be able to just go to the manufacturer and have, you know, basically all year to work with them to fulfill it. And we've seen a great response from doing it that way from our from our community. So many people have been very excited that that idea is coming back and that they get a, to a chance to have this commemorative disc and support us and what we're doing the, at the same time. And a lot of them were like, well, I was going to pay all year anyway. So if I pay annually, I get a discount on top of all of it. It really turned out to kind of be a win-win for everyone, it seems. And so we've been very happy with, with the results.
0: Yeah, we really recommend more creators to use annual memberships for all the reasons you lay out. And, and I really love how you've come up with a way to promote it, blending the content that you have, but also this uh, physical aspect to it. And Patreon has some tools to help creators do, this idea of like a special offer for a time. But I think you're doing it a little bit more manually because you want to understand who are your annual members or not. For folks that might be thinking about taking this kind of approach and and doing something specifically for annual, how are you planning to track and fulfill and and use that using Patreon platform?
1: Yeah, so we have, again, some experience with having to actually export because I know Patreon has different physical benefits that you can use actually through the Patreon app, but with ours being disc golf and being so specific where we were like we knew we had to pull this off and go to, uh, we use Shopify for our back end of our site, go to Shopify. What we actually found was once you sort your patron data, then you can export that as a CSV file and upload that straight to a uh, Shopify app that just inputs it as orders. So we just have to basically reformat a little bit but once we got it figured out, like two years ago, it's a maybe a five-minute process of you filter on Patreon to get make sure you have the right patrons that are actually going to receive the benefit. This month, we might have to go a little bit more in depth to actually reach out to some of the patrons and get their physical address. It was our mistake. We didn't turn on where they need to fill it out when they're signing up for annual, so We missed some, some crossover. So it'll be a little bit of a back end there. But essentially, we're just going to export them and then upload them to Shopify, and it'll create the orders. And... Yeah, it, it's it's a pretty simple process. It took us a little bit to figure it out, but once we did, it, it got to where, yeah, it was like a five to 10 minute process each month.
0: Yeah, and thanks for going through the details. I think it's important for creators to see that, right? It takes a little bit of extra work, but whether it's connecting with Shopify or other tools and, and leveraging that, that CSV, that member download, there's a lot of ways to kind of put it together. And as you mentioned, yeah, patron does have a, a merch for membership offering. But of course, that's really suited for folks who want to do the t-shirts, the hats, those kind of things. Like probably not in our future to have have, like custom disc golfs printed, right? So certainly for some creators. Yeah. I
1: don't think that would really make sense. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Well, I noticed another one of the benefits uh, that you offer and that you interact with your members on is actually like collaborating on exclusive videos, a mailbag that you put together. What are some of the ways that you're encouraging that and how do you take those, whether it's ideas and questions and actually turn that into the content?
1: Yeah, so the the mailbag we do is a a weekly kind of like peek behind the scenes of letting them know kind of, okay, what's coming up, what's coming down the pipeline, what videos did we just shoot this week, what videos are we about to shoot next week, you know, if we have, like, we have a few different series that we kind of rotate where we end up going, we travel to shoot videos in different places, so we let our patrons know well in advance of like, hey, we're going to be like this upcoming year, we're going to do a West Coast Swing. And we let the patrons know these are where we're kind of where we're coming. So that if there's anyone in the area, there's a chance they can be in those videos and stuff like that. And we give all that to the patrons early. And then the mailbag is also a chance for a Q&A, which is basically the only platform we do intentional Q&As on. And so we've built our different content specifically that way so that we don't, you know, just constantly be doing Q&As everywhere. And then you offer it on Patreon and patrons are like, well, what's really the perk here? You do that all the time. So that's kind of what the mailbag is. And that's a weekly show. And then the exclusive content with us, we've always done an exclusive monthly video. And we have all these different video ideas that we're trying to come up with for our our channel. And it was always a hard line of like, if this is a really good idea, do we put it behind the paywall at Patreon or do we put it out to our YouTube audience? And that was always a question that we never really could figure out because we wanted it to be good enough to drive traffic to Patreon. But if it was a really good video, it's hard to be like, man, we could really sell that to a brand sponsor on our main channel and really drive traffic on our main channel. And so what we ended up doing is we were talking back and forth and we were getting a lot of suggestions from our patrons during the mailbag of different video ideas. And we kind of came up with the, like, we had an aha moment of like, man, we should just, it's a good way to even market our Patreon to say like, you get to build content with us. So what we do is early in the month, every month, we put out a post that basically, I think we actually titled it like build content with us or something along those lines. And we just ask them like, comment down below what video ideas you want to see for the exclusive video this month. And then like the ones that you like. And then the top like comments we put into a poll like the next week. And whichever one wins the poll, we go out and shoot. And if the video does really well on Patreon and people love it, then we bring it to the main channel. And people on Patreon know like, wow, like that was my idea that, you know, I got to watch kind of slowly morph into what this is on the main channel. So that, that's the route we eventually took which worked out great for us.
0: What's an example of one of the videos that you made? And did that come from maybe an idea that you guys wouldn't have thought of yourself because it came from a particular member?
1: So one of our, we actually are now going to turn it into a full series on our YouTube channel because it just has done so well. It's called Imposter Disc Golf, which essentially it's, we found a way to basically do Among Us, but on the disc golf course. And that idea had like been thrown around, but we couldn't really get, grips on on how to do it and a patron just laid out like hey i would love to see this type of video and just like put a few rules in there that we read it and i was like that's it like that's what we've been trying to think through like we couldn't figure out how to do it and the way they worded it we were like we didn't even we like didn't even do it as the exclusive video that month we just let the patrons know like hey this video idea is so good this is going straight to our main channel so vote on the other ones and it went straight to the main channel people absolutely loved it the patrons have loved that they were a part of what is now going to be a recurring series on our channel. And it was all birthed from, you know, one of the patrons during the build content with us, just writing out the suggestion and basically taking an idea that we had like kind of thrown around, never could figure out and being able to actually form it into something that is probably one of the most loved videos on our channel. So we're, we're super excited about how that one turned out.
0: Wow, that's awesome to crowdsource that and, and the fact that you might have had a similar idea, but getting it from someone else and the thought that they put into it. Um, When you do highlight those videos on your main channel, even talking about it as a new franchise, what are the ways you talk about the input from patrons, how it's developed there to give them recognition, but also to keep using that as a promotional effort?
1: Yeah, so we've done it a few different ways. I think one of the easiest is just thank the patron by name for coming up with the video idea. Another good one also is once it's happened, we were like, hey, we were talking like occasionally we'll reference back to last time we did this challenge or whatever. And we'll have to remind ourselves like last time we did this challenge was on Patreon. And that's a great time to remind the audience. And be like, hey, you might have heard us say like last time we did this challenge. And you're thinking, I haven't seen it before. That's because it was an exclusive video over on our Patreon. And I think another good thing, too, is once you let people know, like you can go if you join this month, you can see this upcoming month's video. But you can also go back and watch all these exclusive videos that we've been doing. That's been a really easy way to just drive traffic and have it flow because people get to kind of learn about different aspects of Patreon that as a creator, it's just so in your brain because you're constantly creating all this stuff that you forget that some of your audience members might have no idea you have a Patreon or might have no idea that on that Patreon, you do this exclusive video or that you even have a podcast or anything like that. So we have to be very intentional about each video, each week, okay, what are we highlighting? What aspect of Patreon or what other you know show or what are we pushing in these videos to make sure that our audience actually knows what all they can get from us each week because we're putting so much effort into content. We don't want some of it to flop just because people have no idea it's even out there.
0: Yeah, you mentioned upcoming videos, things that are happening in the future. I think that's another interesting idea. We really are trying to help creators figure out how do you let your members or prospective members know the future things that you're going to get as a way to make sure they're excited about membership. How do you incorporate that?
1: So most of that is on our weekly podcast, on the uh, the mailbag. We let people know like the mailbag, yes, by name. You know, if people send us stuff, whether patrons or not, we open that on air. Yes, we do the Q&A. But the big thing is we, you know, let you see behind the curtain and what's coming down the pipeline. So they are always the first people to know. Even for us, when we have physical products coming, like when there is a new disc drop that's exclusive to our site, when there is a new, we let the patrons know that first. And we found that that's very beneficial because one of the tiers gets early access to these physical products that we release on our site. And so we let them know, hey, this is coming, you know, probably in a few months. And then it also, you know, gives them Our patron, we've let them know a lot of information that we like don't want leaked to the public. Of like, hey, we have you know a marketing plan in place. This information can't get out, and it's never gotten out. It's been a sometimes a little bit of a risky move. It wouldn't be like detrimental if obviously like the this discs and stuff would still sell. But like sometimes you just have a marketing plan. You don't want this information to get out. We're like, do we even tell our patrons? I'm like, yeah, I think we do because I think it shows we trust them, and in doing that, we've seen a good retention with those members because. Then they feel like, wow, not only are they letting us kind of peek behind the curtain, but they're letting us know stuff weeks in advance that they don't even want anyone to know. And it makes them feel like it kind of validates when we say like, you're supporting us, you're creating content alongside with us, you're a part of like the Heiser Club, you're a part of the family. And then you show that with your actions, it helps validate that, hey, this isn't just words, we're not just saying this, but like, we genuinely value you as a community. And this is the type of stuff that we're doing to show you that.
0: Well, I love ending with that point about trusting your audience and and what you can share with them. So some points to wrap up. We talked about um, how to do a real world event and and really open that up as much as possible to get more of your audience involved. Helping encourage creators, do custom merch, figure out what works for you and and how to leverage that using Patreon. Really cool ways you are building content with your members, getting ideas that you never would have had before. And that actually powers some of your public content as well and then let them in on what's in the works it could be content that's under production it could be products and merch things going on uh, as well as what's happening uh, with the company and, and trusting them with that so hunter it's been great getting to chat with you telling more creators about what you're doing with foundation disc golf uh, thanks so much for sharing it on backstage with patreon yeah thanks for having me tune in next week to backstage with patreon when we'll have norma O'Mahoney from patreon's growth team which rolled out a long-awaited feature for creators allowing them to offer free trials to their audience to get a short taste of the benefits on their tiers before paying for monthly membership. To catch every episode of Backstage with Patreon, follow or subscribe in your podcast app and leave us a review. We also have transcripts available at patreon.com slash backstage. You're growing as a creator by listening to the show. So why not share the insights from this episode with another creator on Patreon or who's running a creative business. We'd love to have you as an active collaborator with Backstage with Patreon. We're on Twitter at Patreon Podcast and in the Patreon creator community on Discord. Follow the link in the episode notes and you can get answers to your follow-up questions directly from the guests and weigh in on what topics we'll be covering next. Editing by Tyler Morissette. I'm Brian Keller. See you next time, Backstage.